Now listen, if you're here with us at this point in the week, we've been saving this one. We call it the mini tank, or the titan, if you will. Titan. Titan. Titanus. We've got Justin's top five list from 2019. At this point, you're probably seeing some commonalities in the comics places, tastes, and comic books. A couple books are on a lot of people's lists. But Justin has the ability to convey uh, thoughts and opinions more eloquently than most people. Django, are you ready for this one? I'm never ready for anything Justin says because it's always the funniest and the the most out of nowhere (laughs) and also the most insightful. All of those things are true. He's like the Jack Kirby of absurdism. He's like Salvador Dali. Yeah. He, he, He sees the truth and he translates it to nonsense and then it hits you in the gut and it makes you feel all right justin get in here smell it Justin, uh, on that note, thanks for uh, being with me up here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet there'll be intros and, and things around this conversation, mm-hmm. so we could probably just start. I'm, I want to hear about your top five books, comics, right, graphic right. novels. What are your things that came out this year, my friend? Gosh, there were a lot of things that came out this year. Um, as you can tell, you've seen me poke and prod about movies, other oh, people's lo- top, top threes or top fives. I've asked everyone here their top five favorite comics. And that, I think, comes from a place of, like, I'm unsatisfied. Not with the books on my list, but the fact that my list is... I feel like I'm missing... I feel like there's five other mysterious books that I can't remember that I could make a case that are equally my top five favorites. Right. Like. I have that problem with top lists all the time. Like it right. feels like, yeah, it, it for sure. Like I've never committed to the. Is this good enough? There has to have been something that I'm just forgetting. Right. And then I remember Wayne's World, best movie of all time. Oh right, uh, <laughs> Cadbury eggs. Oh, of oh, course, one of yeah. my favorite desserts that oh, I don't think yeah. about all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You go, oh god, what's that one candy I loved as a kid? Oh, Cadbury eggs. Cadbury's. Yeah. So then, on that note, bearing in mind that the listeners should assume that there's five other books, right, or comics. Because I know tra- I was throwing out tens on the podcast earlier yeah. this year, left and right. Yeah. You know, I I can kind of measure books on intensity based off how much I text you about them. Um, so let's just go through the text history yeah. between Jeff and Justin. And how much I like gush to Aaron, kind of involuntary. She's involuntarily hearing me gush about something with no context. So I, you know, some of these I did that, but I know there's. I can remember moments. Well, the most recent text message I remember getting like, similar to that was while well, I was working, so I didn't respond. But it was uh, Immortal Hulk 28 was pretty fucking good, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> which yeah. was just this awesome like. Was, I but I, pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking good. It yeah. was good. Yeah. It was weird. Super um, good. So this is like my reductive list of generic. I know for a fact I enjoyed these every moment throughout the year. Hell um, yeah. Um, so I'll start off with... And I think, so this is only the first one of these I've recorded, but I feel like 
there's going to be some, it'll be interesting when this podcast is done to look at what, I think there's some books that everyone has on their list. For sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see the year long, what were the comics places most conceded top five things. But I, I still think, I got to say, I think that there is probably every staff member has the hidden five. Yeah. Because we've, there, it was a great year in comics. It, it was. was. Super... You know, you find as as the real world gets harder and longer. Yeah, fiction will come up in whatever way. We got great TV, great comics. It's hard to keep your eye on those good. Here, keep your eye on the ball of the good stuff when all the bad. You know, I I've heard from lots of people that 2019 was a hard year in the real life. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a buried Checked in a sand yeah. hole of fiction. But you know what they say? Let the sheep spin where they lie. I mean, that's right. The famous maxim. Um, speaking of famous maxims, uh, let by darkest day, by blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Beware. Don't be a jerk. Just be all right. (laughs) Yeah. Don't wear your pants too tight. It's definitely that because it fucks up your guts. Yep. Speaking of pants too tight, Hal Jordan looks good on this cover of Green Lantern uh, by Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. This book, um, you know, isn't the Grant Morrison book that I wanted or expected. It's not, you know, Grant Morrison in his proper um, head fucky form. It's not a super cerebral plot twisty book like he normally does. Um, but I forgot how much I love Grant Morrison's just kind of ability to be goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's actually a pretty funny writer um, in most things. But, you know, we, we focus on the the plot twists and right. the, the crazy concepts. So this book has got that kind of schnarky attitude thing that he does. Um, the art is amazing. It really reminds me of some of the 70s, um, I guess, like soft fi or science fantasy stuff that I like, like Lone Sloan and heavy metal stuff. Mobius, it's got a lot of that. It still has some really cool Grant Morrison-like concepts. Um, You know, some of the plotting wasn't perfect, but there are some single issues that were just amazing in this book. Um, And it it draws on a lot of, according to Roman, other (laughs) popular Green Lantern stuff that also probably makes it a a better book than I, I have the eyes to know, but um, I really liked it for, you know, its sense of humor and its spunk. Uh, and I really like the villain. I, I realized there I goes really, our PG thirteen rating. Damn it! <laughs> you, no, 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 like spunk, like being spunky, <laughs> you know, like scamptitude, um, which I found after talking to you yesterday, Jeff. I realized I think spunkiness and scamptitude is my favorite thing ever i'm kind of all like the partner that i've picked like the books that i read the yeah the things that i look i'm just always looking for scamptitude um, yeah that's true there's a corner of the emotional spectrum that you embody the most and it is scamptastic uh spunkitude yeah and i love i love it um and there's a good amount of that here um liam sharp cannot be understated some of the coolest weirdest grossest art that I've seen in a book ever. It's like super spunked out. Spunked out. Kind (laughs) of um, decadent and gross and rotting at times but also really celestial and bright and pretty. That's a Um, really good way of describing it. It is, yeah, it is a sort of 
undefinable art quality. I like that they printed this paperback on that paper. Uh, right. It's not glossy. It is like very like 70s, which makes sort of how it all feels. Right, and I think it, it helps with that like grimitude. Um, but there there is like a poking fun within every issue of this book. Like, right. It, it's so much, I think, kind of a playing with and a commentary on genre. Um, and it it's smart in the way that it it's kind of dumb. Yeah. Like it's going, you know, it's not. It's intelligence, but it's dumbed down a lot. I mean, like it, it's, yeah. it's clearly super intelligent and then not wrapped in a super sophisticated Grant Morris anyway. Right, yeah. right. Well, okay, so what else you got? So then next, I'm just going to go. And are these like, these aren't in an order? No. no just a no, top I, five circle. Right. I don't know if That's I could. That's how I do too. I don't know if I could pick it. Well, I know I could pick a number one. But I don't know where the other where the other lambs would spin yeah, exactly. if they fell. Yeah. Um, I'll go Silver Surfer Black as my next one to talk about. Um, another super awesome emotional book. This is probably like my heart's pick oh. of, of the year. Um, so the Green Lantern was your scamp muscle. Yeah, my scamp muscle. This your is heart the, pick is Silver Surfer Black. Right. Um, Get it. It. You know, like I caught myself recommending this book and didn't want to sell it like it's some you know smarty Oscar winning movie pick you know but it, it's like I, I it, there's like an amount of just goodness in yeah. it you know the art is amazing Donnie Cates wrote it from a pretty emotional place as a love letter to Stan Lee which I mean is not something that would typically get me right that feels pretty sentimentalist and would feel like my cynical self would be like, oh, he's just trying to ride that lightning of mm-hmm. look how much I love Marvel Comics. But there is some really genuinely good uh, goodness in this book. A lot of it felt like weird <clears throat> Marvel Comics theology. Like it, it's like the beginning of the universe. Yeah. And there's like this epic kind of high mythology um, aspect to it. But they like found it in this like treasury edition size also the art's like blown up which I, th- I think helps the art like which is a feast like a visual feast right. yeah it I've never seen any book that looks like this ever it, it's art wise is probably my pick of the year I love Tradmore um, he can be challenging to look at sometimes sometimes you feel like he's not the best like storyteller but his art is always forces you to kind of reconsider what you consider storytelling. Right. Um, and it, yeah, it, it kind of make, forces me to reconsider what I think drawing is. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how he works with perspective. Right. And, and, you know, I think he's got a third eye that opens up when he draws. Oh, that God. There's, there's another, yeah, I don't know how he does it. Um, Silver Surfer's a longtime favorite character of mine. So... I feel like I was probably pretty biased, but there's also Donnie Cates really centers it on the kind of the heart of the Silver Surfer and being a good person. And just this book is like super pro life. It is like they're the last issue. I wept because I'm like, man, even if there's dark, evil gnolls out in the universe, there's also genuinely really good people. Um, and some of the, you know, spoilers with Galactus in here and going into the deep past of the Marvels, like, not just the universe filled with characters, but, like, the cosmos itself, the mm-hmm. universe that 
everything Marvel comes out of was so, so cool. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, deep time, Marvel deep time, which is really, really, really cool. Um, and probably cements Silver Surfer is like one of my top five favorite characters in fiction ever. Even though I haven't read much no, with but him. Th- but I'm the same way. Like there's a there's an iconic visual nature to him mm-hmm. and and just like the story of him is better than the stories. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That one is is on my top five as well. There's like a mysterious quality, like no matter how much you learn about him, there's always something you feel like there's more to tell about right. him. Um has got that Boba Fett factor where that Boba Fector. Yeah, that Boba Fector where the the more you get, the more you want. Um, okay, there's one that's not here. Tell me right. about that one. All right, so the one that I forgot to grab on the way up to the Pap Cave was Lone Ranger. And I promise you it's not a way just to have a pick that isn't in space and isn't about <laughs> the future because I've noticed every book that I like either has futures or space involved um, or pasts. And this one is just, like, set in the world of, like, matter and time and people and choices rather than, yeah, concepts and feelings and ideas. Uh, But it's just so good and so much about concepts of land and ownership. And there's, like, a big ethical discussion about how we run our lives. Um and Mark Russell can take any kind of podunk thing that you think is going to be lame and turn it into like a really important conversation and an intimate one. He's a yeah, he's a magician like that. Yeah. Like he just has this amazing way of alchemy. Any any subject matter that you don't think you care about. Oh, you're disinterested in horses and right. land rights? Right. Bam. Lone Ranger, have it. Right. He, you know, he made the idea of fencing the biggest supervillain yeah. that I've ever seen. And I'm like, you know, it's very much about supremacy and the, you know, white supremacy in a way, and the way we justify our own sense of power to subject people to things. And, you know, land as, as property and ownership is kind of a crime and mm-hmm. is kind of a type of supremacy. So there's some really important conversations there that I don't even pretend to totally understand, but there's a, there was enough of an emotional aspect to be like, oh, now I want to consume and be a part of these conversations more because I realize there's so much I don't know. And I, yeah, I was similarly just stunned like in those first two issues of just like, oh, I've never thought of that that way. Right. Which is incredible to like, just like, yeah, the idea of fencing and, and drawing boundaries is like, as a ideological thing, as a thing that happens in your brain when you think about things, and then kind of taking that metaphor and putting it in a, like, just incredible book. I'm glad that you put that on your list, because I don't I don't know if anybody else did, and I do, like, I don't want it to get forgotten, because it was earlier in the year. Right, it was a, I think it's kind of the unsung hero book of this year, a sleeper hit. If you will. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think it's probably the most important book that I read this year, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of, like, what it did for seeing, like, naming of objects is can be kind of used to position power over some mm-hmm. people, you know, the, and uh, the bending of history to support um, certain ideologies and stuff. It's, it's a really, really good book. Um, 
That is also like a heart pick. Like yeah. It was just like made me think about the ways in which I move through the world and how offensive some of my unconscious biases might be. And uh, Mark Russell does it in such a funny life <laughs> where, where you don't feel like, bad. Yeah, he doesn't like make you feel like a dick for being a dick. Yeah, for being <laughs> a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, if you can kindly remind people, it's so much better than hitting somebody over the head than to just is. Satire, you right, know, I guess right. satire at its best. That's what it does. Right, and there's a vulnerability. He's like, I don't know the solution. I'm just like, we all got to address <laughs> yeah. the problem. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, exactly. In a world where there's so much saviorism going on and yeah. stuff and preaching, having someone just like, let's share this uncomfortable space of addressing certain problems right. and maybe not having answers right away because it took... 250 years to get these problems the way they were. Right, so. yeah. There's, you have to be able to comfortably talk about things, and I think he creates a safe space for conversation that doesn't immediately feel like a conclusion or a solution needs to be done right now. Right. Like there, There's conversations that have to happen before things happen, and right. I appreciate that. It was like drawing your awareness to something um, in a really fun way, in a, in a way that, like, if someone preaches at you, you're not going to digest it in a, as well as like letting you find it. And he, he did a really graceful job of that. I'm looking at the cover of your next pick, and I realize I don't know the first word of the title of the, the volume you got there. Castrophany. Castrophany? Castrophany, What yeah. does it mean? I don't know. I've I guess never that's seen that word. Catastrophe in fanny, which is... Fanos, fan, fanos. Fanace's face. Outer darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know. This probably started just at the beginning of the year. Like, we just got, or maybe it was, yeah. I mean, I think, it's, it's been a 2019 book for sure. Yeah, I think it started late 18. Yeah. With the second podcast I did being back, we read issue one. Okay. Um, and damn, every issue of this book has been like, this is one of our favorite books. Right. This is one of my favorite books of all time now. Um, I cannot, like, on all levels, it's a 10 for me. Um, The character work is so subtle and so not in your face. Um, Neither is the art. Yep. The exposition, you know, it delivers so much character with very little exposition. It's like a master class of showing and not telling. Um... It's super creative, like, you know, Grant Morrison-level concepts, but sold in a different way. It's, Yeah, that's a brilliant way of putting it, because it's mm. like Grant Morrison-level concepts packaged as a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, stuff that it would kind of bend my head to think of. And even the initial, like, Star Trek is magic, science is magic, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that taken to its full extreme where, like, it is a scientific universe that's also a religious universe that they're exploring. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not unilateral, like one, like science taking the extreme thing. Because yeah, like the balance of religion and magic and science. Right, is, they're using math right to help with their science and stuff. And you see that in some some things done pretty poorly. Like sometimes Doctor Doom has special sure. technology that controls magic, and it seems plot devicey. Yeah. And this this does similar things, but in a, a more eloquent way eloquent way and the it's doing a really cool thing of making you question the good guys and see understand the bad guys Mm -hmm. you know there there's it kind of lives and breathes in this moral gray area and not that i think that is how every comic should be but it does allow you 
to have a wide interaction with the entire cast. Yeah, that's a good, yeah, a wide interaction with the whole cast is a great way of putting it, but it also doesn't really, like, push any tropes. Like, the grayness of it isn't, like, Frank Miller, Alan Moore gray. Right. It's more just, like, we don't really know anyone's real motivation, and it right. allows us to have had these kind of big trips. Like, the issue, it might be, like, issue number four, but it's just the, the one about Eloks. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you learn that he was a god that's been like reincarnated, and and there's just room for that type of issue with every character in the book because we don't really know them. It it's super complexly developed and not just because it's like thinly, like, you know, obscured or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There's yeah, very impressive. Yeah, we only know their characters through some of their even some characters have their own conflicting motivations, which is, you know, like sometimes the captain makes a sh- really shitty move and you're you're pissed at the captain, but yeah. at the end of the day, he does something that, like, compared to all these complex characters, might be reductively right. Like, you can say, yeah, he's a good yeah. guy, I guess, but he went about it in a pretty immature, undeveloped way. So there's room for each character to grow, and I catch myself, like, Never having a clear dude or or female character, any character that I'm rooting for. Right. But I'm hoping for the best for all of them. Right. Um, yeah, it's just a really, there's a lot of nuance in it, even though it seems simple. And simple doesn't mean easy. Like, simple is often the hardest thing to do. Right. Because we like Because things are complex. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's just kind of a masterfully done comic in my opinion. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, it's pretty brutal at times. Uh, and I totally agree. I think this I think this is probably on my list as well. I, I have it written downstairs. I believe it's on there. But yeah, the, I, I can't personally comment on the art enough as well. Yeah. Like it's, it's just so, so amazing. But Justin, that brings us to the end of the road. And if mm-hmm. you and I were more knowledgeable about older R&B songs, I think we'd start singing Boys to Men right now. I know of them. I... I only know the end. Uh, I have to stop singing on the podcast. Um, where where are we? Where are we? I feel like it's an island oh. that we both live on together. Yeah, like a sentient island. A sentient a island. Sentient. Um, where? Yeah, I was gonna try to make a boys to men reference. But I, just, <laughs> I don't have enough data. Speaking of data, though, there is a lot of data in this book, House of and Powers of X, which is. Like I said, if I had to pick one Omega book. Omega. Omni book. It would be this book, um, House of House and Powers of X by Jonathan Hickman um, and crew. I don't even really have anything to say about I it. I know. It's perfect. Although, Justin, yeah. no one on the podcast has heard from you since episode or issue five of House of X. So your actual feelings about the end of this book and the book as a whole have not been heard. Oh, um, so do okay. Tell me about tell me about this. You know, we've got a couple more minutes. The ending of the book, gosh. Or just you know, the thing as a whole. You don't have the, to do the, okay, the end okay. of it, but just like the thing as a whole. I you know I've every customer has heard me like cry about this book. I think is won't cerebrally one of the most impressive but like in terms of plotting and execution and to have a book with such scope and draw it to to me in a satisfactory close is just something I haven't really seen before every issue made the scope and implications bigger and bigger and bigger and it 
felt like it was going to collapse on itself and it gave us a satisfactory emotional ending um it got me to kind of care about a huge cast of characters like an entire corner of the marvel universe like um and one that i previously didn't have much emotional connection with uh it has like i have said grant morrison level concepts but i think hickman even breaks that mold there mm -hmm. Ideas so obscure and abstract and strange and creative presented as a throwaway in this book mm -hmm. that I've never seen before in comics. Um, I don't really know like how to give you specific qualia of what this book has that makes me like it, but whatever this the qualities <laughs> of this book has, like this is a perfect book to me. I'm um, so yeah, I'm 100 with you on that undefinably amazing book. Yeah. I mean, the writing is great. The art is great. There's a synthesis that makes it more than uh, the sum of its parts. Uh, and I can also see someone saying that they thought it was garbage, but right. for me, I just, like, it's Watchmen-level perfection. Like, it's just so tightly knit, perfectly woven story and that's a crazy thing just to say out loud but uh it is a really well-crafted thing um and this x-men stuff since then hasn't been quite the same for me but i like i could read mediocre x-men books for like three years <laughs> after the high of this. yeah after yeah. the high of this and knowing that it's going to tie back into this i haven't and to think it was like kind of an event comic yeah like it was designed and created to clean up continuity and i hadn't like i just totally wasn't aware of kind of some of the marketing aspects of the book like i was just so invested in, in it right that i forgot like oh wait this is here to serve the purpose of making the x-men not be confusing as shit and for you and i to love an x-men book as much as we do and not have it been entirely about bishop yeah it's just crazy you know <laughs> yeah. our guy yeah bishop <laughs> cable him. and bishop I get them confused, but I like them. <laughs> love, uh, love them. Space future gun guy. Yeah. And there's black holes in this book. Which, just in concept. I love black holes, and they do the coolest thing I've ever seen with black holes done. Um, issue four of Powers of X is my single favorite issue of a comic this year. Mm -hmm. I can pinpoint the moment when I read it. I, re I can pinpoint rereading it after a colonoscopy because I was so excited just to be in that world again. Uh, you know, this book made me like take photos of panels on my phone and create crazy people maps and get me to do the thing that I love to do the most is like extracurricular engagement with right. the universe. Um, yeah, it, I, I love this book. Well, Justin, thanks a ton for talking yeah. to us and I love you. I love you too, buddy. Thanks and, for having uh, me on here again. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yes. Bye. Bye.